been watching a lot of people coming from long distances to protest, to show up, to put their bodies on the line. And it's really important that we uh, do so as well, uh, that we show up and, as the Hopi elder said, celebrate. Celebrate our sacredness. Um, and so I'm grateful to all of you. Uh, we can celebrate together as we sit, uh, celebrate our basic goodness, our true, true nature. So it often goes, uh, because we're so quiet and we don't yell and scream, uh, quite the contrary. We do just the opposite. It doesn't mean that we're not really enthusiastic about who we really are and what we're committed to. So thank you for being here. I've been taking my cues for uh, these uh, few Dharma talks after our um, discussion of precepts from our Thursday evening uh, study group. And this is something that happened not actually in the group itself, but after it was all over uh, last week. And um, there is a uh, safety key box outside of the Friends Meeting House. Will you, I think you noticed that too. And Ed, Ed and Pete sort of hang, hung around to make sure I did everything correctly. <laughs> I was safe, which I really appreciate. Uh, but there is this little safety key box that uh, you have to punch in numbers and then the key comes out. And then you have to punch in numbers and then the key goes back. And um, I was having a hard time getting the key back in that little box. There's a little lever that, uh, and the key has to be just so, so that it fits and the box closes. Well, I was having a really hard time doing it, and I decided, particularly since Ed, who isn't here today, was standing behind me and watching me do this, um, I really felt like I had to get that key back into the box. And so I forced it, forced it, and forced it, and it would not go in. And Ed is standing there watching me, this Zen teacher, um, pushing that, that thing into that. It just would not go. Try it again. Push. No. And Ed, I turned around to Ed, and he said, do you want me to do this? And I said, no, no, I'm, I'm going to figure this out. It was like, you know these um, Chinese uh, handcuffs, they're called, where you put your, your fingers in, and then you have to try to get, and the inclination is to keep pulling and pulling and pulling, and you get more and more trapped, right? And that's how it felt. Um, Ed watching me the whole time. And finally, um, I, I just kind of breathed a, a sigh 
and just kind of stopped and um, took some time and went very, very slowly and managed to do exactly what I needed to do to get the key back in the box. Patience. Patience. The third of the six Mahayana paramitas, patience. I got an email from a friend the other day ending with this, hoping you are well and if not well, wishing you the patience and fortitude to keep pushing through. That again. Hoping you are well, and if not well, wishing you the patience and fortitude to keep pushing through. That has sort of been the theme of my life. Not well, in pain, distressed, push through. Gird your loins, crunch up your face, and go for it. Just keep at it, don't stop. Force, push, push. We talked a little bit about force, forcing a while ago. <clears throat> so I thought to myself, what if instead of saying, wishing you the patience and fortitude to keep pushing through, I could say to myself, wishing you the patience and fortitude to keep waiting. Very different. Sometimes you do have to push through. But what if I adopted a somewhat different approach and withdrew from that pushing through and I'm going to wait. I'm, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to sit back. I'm going to be a waiter. <laughs> I'm going to be a waiter. Look. And what am I going I'm, I'm, I'm a wait. A waiter serve. Serve you. Well, what am I? I'm a waiter on the moment, on the present moment. I'm going to be waiting on the present moment. I'm going to be serving the present moment. And I'm not going to push into the future, into the next moment. I'm just going to be open and serve this moment. And then this moment. And then this moment. 
This is not about giving up. It's not about instead of pushing through, you give up. Not giving up. Patience is a very, very active state of being, as you can all experience on this cushion. Because this is a practice of patience, right? Sitting here for a half an hour, not moving, not restless, not or just being stable, still, and silent. And you can feel it. You can, ah, when, when's the bell coming? Impatient to, to have that future, future situation occur. When, is, when am I going to be relieved? Sometimes we say in Zen practice, if you, if you want a taste of eternity, sit on your cushion and, and wait for the bell to ring. <laughs> so we are practicing patience, waiting, being available. We often say that patience is required, uh, particularly in Buddhist practice. Um, there are three kinds of patience. One is personal patience, which I think you can all experience right on the cushion. That is, if you have a pain in your knee, or your back hurts, or your neck is stiff, or your foot is falling asleep, um, and you, you just be with it. And so you patiently in, not endure in the sense of having to lie down on a bed of nails and staring at the sun. <laughs> that's, that's not the kind of endurance that we're talking about. We're talking about just being with the moment, whatever is arising, and being with it. Just being with it. All the discomforts, all of the, the mental and physical discomforts, just being patiently with it. So there is the personal discomfort or pain that, requ- that will require patience. And of course, sometimes this pain or this suffering is really severe. And particularly if you're, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, depressed and anxious or, you know, reached a point of giving up or, um, or in a lot of physical pain, can we be with that with grace and dignity and a gentle forbearance. This is, this, is, this is what we do when we sit. Can we be with these things with a, not a, like, grinding, forcing yourself to endure, but a soft openness and availability to our personal pain, whether it be physical, emotional, or spiritual. And then there is the pain and the suffering that others inflict upon us, uh, or we think they are inflicting upon us. 
And so we become angry or impatient with them. Uh, it may be our children, it may be our family, it may be our friends, it may be our co-workers. And particularly if we are um, continually confronted with that same pattern of hurt or inflicting of some kind of discomfort or pain. My mother is always criticizing me. I can never do anything right. Um, impatient. Want her to change. I want the situation to change. Or my coworker just has the same pattern over and over and over again of neglect, of, of, um, of sloppy work. And this, this doesn't stop. It's not like the one, one hurt that you can bow to and say, okay, um, we forgive this. But this continual pattern, what an opportunity to practice patience. This, each time this happens. And what is patience? We all have an intuitive sense of what it is. But in a way, it's creating a lot of space. Space in our minds and space in our hearts. And the more space we create, the more patient we can be. The more we can meet and greet and accept what is in front of us, no matter how painful it might be. So. This openness, this spaciousness of waiting, watching, and maybe discovering that the person or persons you think are hurting you are, I don't know how to put this, but um, it's that it's not about you that this person who is making other people suffer is suffering terribly themselves. And if you give yourself that space to watch and to just wait, you might discover something that you would not discover if you just reacted impatiently. You might discover something that you would not have discovered if you reacted. So waiting gives possibilities, other possibilities, an opportunity to show themselves. Instead of shutting down on your preconceptions, on this person always acts this way, they always hurt me, they always make me upset, and we're reacting every single time in that same way. We've shut down. We, we're not patient. So patience is opening space for other things to occur. And then if the, the third form of uh, impatience um, or patience <coughs> is the truth of our lives. We are really reactive to the fact of impermanence of the fact that we are going to lose everything we love, we're going to lose everything we have, and that we are going to pass on from this life. And we don't like that. 
and we were impatient with trying to cover all that over and make believe something, something really significant about ourselves and the way we are going to be in this life. We're going to inflate our egos and become something, something that's going to um, uh, counteract the truth that we know, which is that we're all going to die and that we're go all going to pass and that everything is going to disappear. Some people say, and we've talked about this, uh, that this is very pessimistic. This is very grim. And I'm, my, my response is that this is very realistic and this is very, this is a fact. So acceptance of, the, of what actually is is something that requires patience because we, we, we don't want to look at that, especially if it makes us uncomfortable, it makes the ego uncomfortable, it makes, uh, it makes us suffer. So in a way, the real suffering is when we resist suffering. But if we are available to suffering and open to it and engage it and be patient with it, we might be able to transform it through our patient, gentle awareness. <clears throat> so there are, there are a couple of really wonderful stories which illustrate this point. There is a little boy who's just learning how to garden. And his mom is showing him how to plant carrot seeds in a row, and he does that, piles the earth on top, and waters the seeds, and after a week, nothing happens. Hmm. Mom, nothing's happening. <laughs> Why is it growing? I did what you told me to do. His mom says, just keep watering, just keep watering, and be patient. We know we, our mothers or fathers or whoever, grandparents say, patience is a virtue. Keep watering the seeds, let the sun, let the, let the rain, let the breezes uh, help these seeds to grow. And sure enough, he keeps watering the little boy, and sure enough, one day there's little green sprout, green sprouts all along the row that he was watering. And he was so excited that finally these plants are coming up. But his enthusiasm and his impatience for results 
kind of kicked in and he said, wow, look, let me see how much they've grown. And he starts pulling, pulling the sprouts up. That's a certain kind of childish impatience that all of us have. We see something that is giving us what we want, and then we force it to give it all. And in the process, we kill it. Nature moves slowly. We are encouraged to move at the pace of machines, of computers. Instant, instant. We have a pause button, which I often talk about as being part of Zen practice. Press the pause button. But there should also be a wait button. So first you pause, but then you don't go right back to pulling the carrots out. You then wait. It's hard. Rushing around, achieving, producing, productivity. It's like an unstoppable train. Inertia. And then sometimes, maybe in middle age or old age or whatever, you just crash. Or you're looking at the brakes or the emergency brake, and you go, ah! Our practice is encouraging us to take, take account of this before the emergency brake needs to be applied, before we crash. Patience. Patience and possibility. Second story. There's a donkey who is happily roaming through the forest, nibbling on leaves and enjoying the breeze and enjoying the smells of earth and his freedom. And as he is uh, walking through the woods, he happens to fall into a well, an abandoned well. Not terribly deep, but donkeys can't climb. So he could not climb out of the well. Here he was, stuck. So what do you do when you're in a 
an emergency situation when you're when you're really in in danger you cry for help right help I don't know how a donkey cries for help <laughs> hee haw <laughs> hee haw hee haw hee haw hee haw louder and louder and a nearby farmer hears the calls and he comes to where the sounds are coming from and he sees this donkey in the well. Well, this farmer doesn't happen to like donkeys. And he doesn't like this particular donkey for some reason. And so he decides, instead of rescuing the donkey, he is going to bury the donkey. And he starts, he's sort of a cruel, could say cruel person, um, he takes a shovel and starts shoveling dirt, shoveling earth on top of the donkey. And the donkey is getting quite desperate. He sees he's going to be buried alive. And the farmer keeps shoveling. And the donkey is hee-hawing and hee-hawing and hee-hawing. And he realizes that this is not going to be helpful. So he just intuitively just stops screaming. He stops screaming for help. And in that moment where he stops screaming, he has an insight. I bet you want to know what it is. Patience. The next shovel full, donkey is quite calm because of his insight. The shovel full of dirt comes on him and he shakes it off and then he tamps it down with his feet. And he discovers that he has risen up an inch. Neck shovel full, shakes it off, tamps it down. He's risen another inch. Neck shovel, get the picture? Shakes it off, tamps it down, it's rising up out of the well. Because the farmer is so intoxicated with his activities. He doesn't notice the little two ears that are emerging from the well. And just keep shoveling and the donkey keeps shaking off and tamping down and he gets to the point where he can actually jump out of the well and bite the farmer in his rear end. Skip away into the woods. This is what patience, stopping, waiting, allowing, 
now I know what I can do, or now I know how I can help this person. Now I know how I can experience this with dignity and grace. So, when you get dirt thrown on you, shake it off, tamp it down, and rise up. Use, use all of your pain and all of your suffering and all of the things that come at you as ways to rise and to be free.